You are listening to the Feedback Podcast with my homie Back. All right, welcome to the Feedback Podcast, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. My name is Back. A uh, couple announcements. Make sure you go to the archive. I had a lot of people, really funny people on the show. So go back and check it out. Leave a comment, review, whatever on iTunes if you can. Five stars is good. Four stars is good too. Anything under that, I don't care what you think. Um, let's see what else, what else, what else. Yeah, follow the feedback everywhere. Uh, BAK, because that's my name. I'm tired of this joke. And yeah, let me introduce today's guest. I got really funny Ben Bo in the building. What's up, man? How glad you doing, to, man? Bro, I'm chilling, man. No, I'm thank you for coming. Here. Yeah, thank you for having me. That's a dope little spot. I, I keep staring at that Patrice painting. Yeah, shout out to Chris Rogers. Chris Rogers? Who's Chris Rogers? He's the the muralist, like the artist who who does live. Uh, oh, for, uh, for Kill, Kill Tony. Tony. Yeah, that's yeah, him. He's the one that did that? Yeah, and I bought it from, from him, yeah. Oh, man, that's out. Dang. Like Patrice is my Bro, top Patrice, number one. Patrice is, is no number other. One. I was about to say, how much did you pay for that? I mean, I, I'm not going to tell you're you. You're not going to say? No, okay. No, no, I was it's, like, it's ridiculous. No, well, <laughs> I was going to be like, how much would it cost to buy that off of you? No, 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 no. Oh, no, not like that? No, no, no that, I, that painting is so hard. No, it is. He, he, did a, he did a Carlin one, too. I mean, he did a bunch. And okay. I, and and uh, he did a Carlin one, and I wanted to buy it from Carlin. George Carlin. Oh, Carlin. Okay. Sorry, yeah, yeah. Right. No, no, no. Yeah, George Carlin. was talking about Carlin, whatever that did with Patrice. No, and... Um, and it was like, yo, it's gonna be about like four hundred something or five hundred something. I'm like, I'm gonna have to save up. Just, just keep it for me. But I really, I really want that that George Cohen hit. And that, the other day when I was over at Vulcan, and we we're just shooting the shit, and uh, he was, and he was like, yeah, who else? Who else should I do? And we spend like twenty minutes making a list of comics that, oh, man. that he's gonna that he's gonna put he's gonna do. He should do Eddie Murphy from Delirious. Yeah, I mean that's on there. The Eddie Murphy classic one. Um, some other unforgotten ones. I like so I like like a I used to love like uh Def Jam comedy as a kid, obviously. I remember that, yeah. yeah so yeah. yeah, so like my favorites on there, Bernie Mac. Yeah. Gotta do motherfuckers. I ain't scared of you motherfuckers. Oh. That's my shit. I love that. So that that's a good one to do. Chris Tucker when he was like twenty. He does a Def Jam old, special. Yeah, he's rocking Tucker. yeah, he's rocking the uh the Colorado Rockies had and like the leather jacket, the leather jersey. That one's dope. I love those. Like Patrice is the Patrice is the goat. Like nah. he's probably he's not the goat in my eyes in terms of best comedy ever. But like in f- my favorite comic to like just watch his style and like because it's so different than anybody have you else. Seen him live? Patrice, I know I never saw him live. I'm going to brag because I have. You saw Patrice live right before uh, Elf in the Room came out. He he came to Austin. Oh really? Yeah, oh, about man. about like nine months before it came out, and I was I couldn't I couldn't breathe. I was laughing so much. I was front row. Man, I wasn't even twenty one when I was barely twenty one the year he died because he died in what two thousand eleven. Yeah, somebody. Yeah, somebody I think died, he died. Yeah. I just turned twenty one that year, and I just like started really because I went for like a stage when I was a kid. I watched a lot of like Def Jam and old school comedy. Did you watch Comic View? Was Comic View around at the time? Yeah, I watched like BT Comic View, and like yeah. I used to. I used to watch a little bit of that. Um, but then I like I didn't watch comedy for a minute, but I started kind of getting back into it towards like the end of my college. Uh-huh. Um, and then that's around that was around like 2011, 2012. and then at that point I got super into Patrice, and I watched Elephant in the Room. It's the best comedy Bro, special it's ever so, made. You he gives no fucks no like happy harassment day yeah when he walks out and he's like and hello to a 
pair of particular titties in the front row. Like, you just walked out and just called out the girl with the titties right there. And hello. Yeah. And then he tells that girl during the special, he's like, girl, how old are you? And she's like, 22. He's like, I bet that pussy tastes like hope. <laughs> no, I didn't get and, and he was like that on stage and off stage. Off stage, yeah. He was just like, he was real. He was raw, you know? And you can't, because now everything's so curated, right? Like, everyone's yeah. got their, like, social media image and media managers and everyone's scared to get canceled. So everything's really like a curated image. It's like, hmm, I'm very prim and proper and this is how I'm supposed to look. Yeah. But, like, Patrice, Patrice didn't fuck with any of that. He didn't give a fuck. And it's like, you can't. It's so hard to find that raw and that realness in like anyone today. Like, but that was to his detriment because you saw the documentary, right? Uh, Killing is easy. Yeah. 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 I've seen parts of it. I didn't watch all of it yet. So, I mean, the whole, the more of a story is like for someone that, someone that talented, like a comics comic kind of thing. Yeah. He was a right. comics comic to like, the like you, you love him, you hate him, but the dude is just naturally funny and really does not give a shit about anything. No, he did right? not give a fuck. Exactly. And you're like, how come it's not on, he didn't, you know, get on the show or got bigger than he did that, that you think someone like that would, but that's how much he didn't give a shit about the industry. Yeah. Well, just it, being part of that whole fucking business thing. He was like, you know what? I'm just going to do me, but he had opportunities. But he fucked him up because of who he is, because of his personality and the way he comes across. It's the he's bless- just an asshole. Bro, At the end of the day, he's an asshole. He was. He was an <laughs> asshole. That's the thing. But it's the blessing and the curse, right? Exactly. Because it's like, oftentimes, your biggest strength is right next to your biggest weakness. Like, there's a thin line between what's your biggest strength and what's your biggest weakness. Uh-huh. And Patrice is a perfect example of that. Like, his biggest strength was that he did not give a fuck. Because he didn't give a fuck, he was able to be so real, so raw, and that's what made him so funny and endearing to comics, because like, they're just like, I can't believe that Patrice is saying this. And it's just like, the honesty between behind what he's saying is so real. But when that carries over to like, yeah, hey, they're trying to do this. Nah, I'm not with that bullshit. Fuck this contract. Fuck the studio. Fuck these guys. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to show up for this. I'm not going to pander and show up for the signing or show up to this fucking thing. It's the same realness. That's like, it's the, it's the, it's like opposite sides of the same coin. Yeah. They're, they're the same thing, just manifested in different ways. And so it's like the blessing of the curse to have the real raw Patrice O'Neill. You needed to have that same asshole who didn't give a fuck about the industry. Cause if he did, then he would think twice about what he said and he wouldn't have been as honest. He wouldn't have been as raw. He was worried about his image and you would never had the Patrice. So it's like they go hand in hand. Do you you remember there was a clip of it when he went on CNN? I think it was CNN or Fox, one of those things. Yeah. And he explained what a donkey punch was and what a, uh, a pirate. Angry pirate. Angry like, pirate. A pirate. Well, you know, you should you should come in the girl's eyes and she goes, Ah yeah, some yeah. shit like that. And I'm like, Yeah, nobody else could Say that with him. No one else had the balls to say that, but no, him. on on national television, yeah. he just dropped that because it had to. It was a whole segment about do jokes go too far, and and he had that one quote. And to this day, Rogan quotes that quotes him all the time. He goes, you know, a a bad joke and a good joke come from the same place. You're just trying to be funny, yeah. Right? It can work, it cannot work. But the idea, you you'll never, you can't be mad at someone trying to be funny. It can bomb and there's consequences to it. It can be good and have consequences to it. But at the end of the day, that's all you're trying to do. Oh yeah. I use that all the time because at the end of the day, it's the exact same thing, right? You like everyone, like everyone loves you when you say something funny, but then you try something that's not funny and everyone's like, Oh, you're such a monster. But it's like, you can only, you can only say something very funny like that 
by willing to be trying to go on a risk and go out on a limb. And sometimes that so bombs. Yeah. And, and so like a lot of people don't understand that. And it's kind of like the same thing about like killing a comedy set. Like in order to kill in a set, you have to be willing to risk bombing and eating a dick on stage. Like I did two days ago. Yeah. They go hand in hand. Like if you got to, if you, you try there, to, shut up. <laughs> wait, where did we eat dicks at? Where was I? At? I did. But where at? At the, the mic at the Romo room on Thursday, and Bro. I fucking froze. Oh yeah, that's yeah, that was the freezing wasn't. But it's like that room is like that room is like it's it's already like a death trap room, you know. Like there's yeah, no one but, there but comics. No, but, but, you, but you know why I felt horrible is because I brought two dudes from the from the other room that I met like ten minutes before to come see me do this open mic. And halfway through my shit, I fucking froze. And they were like, yeah, you did good. I'm like, shut the fuck up. That was horrible. <laughs> no, but anyway. I don't know. That shit happens. I remember it happens. The, I remember the first time I froze on stage. I was probably like, I was maybe I was less than a year in. And I was like, oh, shit. I just remember I was in this room with like 200 people. I remember someone in the audience yelled, say something. And I just, the set was going decently well. But I was trying to think of a joke. Oh, on c- the spot. No, no, not on the spot. A joke I wanted to do. And for some reason, I couldn't remember this joke. You had so many in your head that you like you didn't know what to pick, so you just froze? No. I That's I what a, happened to me then. A, no, I had a set list where back then I didn't have like jokes and materials. I had like five I, minutes worth of material. And I'm trying to remember what one of my jokes was that I was going into next, and I couldn't. And I just was like... Uh. And I just stayed there. Then somebody in the crowd was like, say something. I was like, oh, shit. Something. I don't know. We've it, all had- it, it happens. I mean, I, I'm not. I, I was, of course, I was mad at myself. I'm like, I'll do, do better next time. But it's part, it's part of it. Yeah. It's bom- part of the process. I, it's yeah. Bombing. Okay. It's, it's the other side of that same thing. It's just that same thing you talk about when in order to kill, you got to be willing to bomb. And sometimes you just go up there and you eat a dick. And I've so, done that before. You're from Africa, too. Yeah, yeah. You're the second African person I've had on this podcast. Who was the first? Godfrey. Godfrey? Well, fuck him, all right? I'm the original. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he's from Nigeria. You're from Congo, right? Yeah, I'm from the Congo, Democratic Republic of, not to be confused with the Republic of Congo. Those are the Congo Brazzaville, as we call them. Those guys, fuck them. No one cares, all right? Why? Why? What's the what's the beef there? It's not. There's no beef. It's just the difference is they're separated by a river. But Congo Kinshasa is where that's where the shit goes down. That's where you got like the minerals and the child soldiers and the violence and the civil war. Like that's all in the Congo Kinshasa because for a country that's had so many resources and been blessed by it, mm-hmm. it has been also blessing and a curse. You have all these natural resources and your country's like a bountiful and it's like that's a blessing yeah and then the rest of the world is like oh we, we need we, all we, that we, shit we'll take it all. <laughs> yeah we're gonna take all of it and it's a lot cheaper if you guys don't give it to us we just have some rebels you know like for example there's a country like rwanda is the world's leading um exporter of minerals it, that are not found in the country mm-hmm. but rwanda's right next to congo it's like how are you going to be the leading exporter of minerals that aren't found in your country because if it comes from the Congo, it's like a blood or conflict mineral. Yeah. But if they just take it and the rebels move it over to Rwanda, <laughs> we're like, clean. Yeah. <laughs> we're clean, dude. We're fucking good. Dude. We got like, the game down. That's good. Bro, good for that's, them. Yeah. You wonder how like everyone's always like, oh, it's so bad. The civil war there. How do these people with no money keep funding wars? Wars are fucking expensive. So you start following the money trail and you start seeing that it's a real, it's a fucked up game and, and everyone's Did, in on it. Were you born there? Yeah. So I was born in the Congo. And then when did you come here? I moved here when I was about four. 
So you remember, did you go back? Do you have family? I haven't there? been back yet. The rest of my family is back there instead of my immediate family. So my immediate family is here in the States, but uh-huh. the rest of my family, cousins, uncles. Did you go back? Have you gone back? I have not gone back yet. The Congo Since a, four? Yeah. Since age four? The Congo is not the kind of place you just go back to, you know, like it's not, it's, it's hard to get back into the Congo. Like, it's, it's, it's always the, the, cause I'm from Senegal, as you know. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, it's always the question I get because when I say Senegal and the, automatically think, oh, it's one of those war-torn countries, African countries, right. like, like warlords. It's yeah. like, what the fuck is a warlord, first of all? Yeah, yeah. And then they, they assume, I'm like, no, no, we, we, we're cool over there. We eat rice and we chill yeah, out. We're, we're, we're chilling. good. We're good. We're good. Because that's, 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 the, that's the assumption. Right. Well, that's the thing. And a lot of there's a lot of places, especially like in Western Africa, that aren't like that. The Congo happens to be one of the places that is like that. Yeah, yeah. So that's like a, you say warlord. You ever seen that movie, uh, Lord of War? Which one is that? Is that with the one about with the, the weapons? N- with Nicolas Cage? No. Oh, he's an arms dealer. It's a good movie. But then whenever someone says warlord, I always just think of that movie because he's like, he calls him a lord of, he's like, ah, you are a lord of war. And uh, Nicholas <laughs> Cage is like, I think you mean warlord. And the guy's like, I like it better my way. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so anytime someone says warlord, I'm like, ah, you mean lord of war. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a good movie though. It's like, I'll, I'll, I'll check few. it out. I, 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 see, I saw the other one with uh, Jonah Hill. Oh, uh, and that other kid, and they sell guns, to yeah, like gun dog or whatever, or something dog, war dog, war dog, yeah, war that's, dogs. The one, that's one I saw. I thought yeah, that was, that's one a real, real story, yeah, yeah, something like that. That one's decent. I think, well, Lord of War is a better movie, though. Like, overall. it's Nicolas Cage. I'll watch, I'll watch Nicolas Cage joint, yeah, Nicolas Cage. He had some classics, like a God in 60 Seconds. That, that was, was a good, good. one. Uh, uh, face off is dope. Face off, face yeah, off, face is off. Dope. I don't, yeah, people make fun of it a lot, but that's a good one. Have you uh, seen a new one called Pig? Pig. Yeah, I, I haven't seen a trailer or anything. It just, it just came out. It's called Pig. It's him trying to. It's like John Wick, but with a pig. Some shit like that. That sounds bootleg as fuck. Is that Nicholas Cage? <laughs> yeah, it is Nicholas Cage. You have, to, you have to like put on weight. That's the problem with Nicholas Cage. He'll do anything. <laughs> Apparently, yeah, anything. They're like, hey, uh, John Wick with a pig. I like it. I'll do it. I'll, I'll, I'll do it. When, when was Cage the last it. dope Nicholas Cage movie? <sighs> like, remember the, the the National Treasure joints? Yeah, those were probably the, the last good ones, right? The first one. The first one. I, I, did I watch? No, I didn't watch. The, there was another one, though, right? Yeah, there was, there's like three of them now. There's so I only watched ones. one because that kind of shit, I'm I'm always kind of, why do you need a second one? Like, you're, you're, you're good. You don't need, there's natural treasures. We get the point. Yeah, but I mean, it's like Indiana Jones. Why is there so many? Oh, did it's you the watch, same shit. Yeah, but did you watch the fifth one? The, the one, fifth Indiana Jones? Yeah. Probably the, so- the one with it, spoiler alert. If you haven't watched it, don't first of all, but <laughs> if, you, you, <laughs> yeah, if you haven't watched it, smart choice on you. <laughs> yeah. But at the end, it turns out to be in like an alien base or some shit like that. It's one with Shia LaBeouf. Oh, I think I might've seen Shia LaBeouf. That, I, I secretly am a fan of Shia LaBeouf. I'm going to just put it out there. I'm not judging you. No, no, people aren't. Fans did. Of, people aren't. Yeah, people, no, fucking did. people aren't fans of Shia LaBeouf, but I'm a fan of Shia LaBeouf. Are you a big movie guy? Do you watch? I, I used to be a big movie guy. I haven't. I kind of been. I was. So I went to go work abroad back in like 2015. What was abroad to you? I mean, I went to go work on like cruise ships and like resorts and stuff in other countries. I lived in Europe for a while. Took cross country road trips. Lived on the islands. Worked on ships. Yeah. So I, I did that in 2015. That was a job to be on cruise ships. Yeah, it was a sports and, staff on a cruise ship. So like, 
you know they like some of the cruise ships have like the surf thing and like the rock wall and like the sports deck on top or yeah, whatever yeah, ship. Yeah, yeah. So we would just work there. It was me and a bunch of bros from the UK, and then we would just like t- teach surf lessons and like a bunch of fat Americans. Yeah, dude. Is it true? Like what they say about people going on cruises? It's it's a, it's a hotel on on water. This Bro, is exactly. It is. It's fucking massive. People are like, oh, I could fill the ship. I'm like, you wouldn't. You forget you were on a ship for a while. Like those things are fucking massive. They have wow. so many crazy things on them. Like one of them, one of the ships I was on, it had like 16 floors and all these clubs and a fucking Central Park walkway in the middle and ice rinks and diving shows and a fucking zip line and like, and a little Why? like space ball. And if it sinks, it's over. Bro, if that thing sinks, like it would take a lot for that. It's not the fucking Titanic bullshit. You're not going to fucking icebergs and shit. You're fucking going to fucking the islands and. Yeah. I just don't get, I just don't get the appeal of it. The appeal is that. You, You're on water. That's the only difference. Well, there's even a bunch of pools and stuff, and most people don't even leave the ship. The appeal is that you don't have to think. Like, you don't have to plan a vacation. Go to Disneyland. Same shit. Yeah, At least they, you don't get to drown. It's like that, except you get to say that you traveled to some islands where white people can get beads and their hair braided. Like, you, you don't have to think. Everything is curated for you. So it takes the guesswork and the planning out of your vacation. You just have to lounge there. And they fucking... Just and once you're on the ship, you get like the food is comp there for you. You can get like all it's the all food. inclusive. Yeah, right? it's all inclusive. Like the food and like like you can get like an alcohol package to where you can get like drinks all the time. And there's shows and there's fucking comedy clubs and there's ice skating and there's all these little th- events going on and mini golf and. But you could do that on land. You can, but it's you don't not, get to travel. Is it this whole thing? But it's just all there for you. It's just in one place, so you don't have to like leave to go find it, and it's already like included, so you can just show up and do it. So you don't have to pay for any of that once you're on the ship. Yeah, but any all-inclusive hotel will give you the same shit. Yeah, but you don't go to different islands. Okay, so you you dock at in Jamaica, wherever, right? Yeah, and then everybody gets off the boat. If you want to get off the boat, yeah. If you want to get off the boat, you can do like an excursion, and yeah, you can go all day and stuff like that. And then you, you have to be back. Yeah, by- at certain times. Well, sometimes you do an overnight. So like some places, you show up and you port and you dock overnight. And then you can like, so that night you can like go out to the clubs in that city or like rage in that city or whatever. And like, you can go to a hotel that just like a mini version of what's on the boat, just on land and they come back to the boat. If you wanted to, yeah. <laughs> if you wanted to. But, but you, you see the ridiculousness no, I do of it see all, the, right? But I see You're it. from Africa, man. You see that ridiculousness. Yeah, but the difference sounds- is like, if you go to a hotel resort, right? Like uh-huh. if you go to like a resort on land. So like you go there in the hotel room. At some point you have to like make plans. You have to figure out how to like take care of the kids. You have to like, oh, we're going to go to this waterfall or we're going to come back and have dinner at yeah, this yeah, thing yeah. or we're going to go do this thing. And you have to like make these plans every day and figure out how you're going to do these things. Uh-huh. When you go on a cruise, that's already done for you. So you literally like show up. You're like, oh, what are we going to do today? It doesn't fucking matter. What are the kids going to do today? Whatever the fuck they want. They just go to this little kids club or they can go play on whatever. And it's like you, it, it simplifies your thought process in terms of having to plan anything. Do you do comedy on there or are you not doing a comedy? No, at the time? I wasn't doing comedy at that time. I that's, was, Cause I know comics who do that. Yeah. There are some cruise ship comics. I've never wanted to be a cruise ship comic, but I have wanted to be a comic on a cruise ship at least one time. <laughs> like, do the same set to the same people well, every day no like don't get me wrong I'm sure they pay well I mean I'm sure there's pay, like everything's all inclusive money. and you get like a no pass room and shit like that all whatever but like you only do a couple sets so like you'll be on there for like three days or something like that um, and then you do like a, you do like one or two like clean shows and then you do like one or two dirty shows 
Oh, they're all dirty shows still. What's up? You saw, you saw some? Yeah, yeah. I used to go like dirty shows are like late night. The clean shows are like in like seven p.m. Like main evening, you'll do like forty five minutes there, and it'll be like clean stuff and whatever for the family. And then at like ten or eleven, they do like a dirty show when you can come out and like say fucks and like talk your shit or whatever. Have you seen famous comics do it? I mean, I've seen comics that are like cruise ship famous but like it's weird because once you get on like the the cruise ship circuit then you kind of like you're not like you're stuck there yeah it's kind of like you get become a cruise ship comic and so then you're just you only do cruise ships um so i've never wanted to be like a cruise ship comic i've always wanted to be like a but i w- i have wanted to go back on there and just be like y'all fired me fuck y'all like i'm out here <laughs> hold on <laughs> how long did you do that for first of all i did it for like two years like it, like is it like a uh, every day? So it's contracts. So you'll do a contract. So like uh, you do contracts can be anywhere from depending on your position. They can be anywhere from a month, two months to six months or whatever. And you okay, get, six months out of the year. Yeah, six months. So whatever your contract is, most contracts I did were like anywhere from four to six months or three to six months, depending on it, or how long I wanted to be on there. Um, so you're on the ship and then you work every day. Well, on most ships you're supposed to work every day, but my position sometimes were kind of laid back. And so I got some, some days off, but they're very rare. So most of the time you're working at least a little bit every day, um, while you're on the shit. Taking care of rich white kids. Yeah. I mean, unless you go from like another port where then it's like rich Mexicans, but yeah. Man, that's gotta, it was, I don't know. I would have a totally different perspective on life just from watching, just from being there. I'm saying as an African that however you experienced it, but it's like, I don't know. It's like, yeah, like you said, everything is there and just like, man, they don't know how good they got it, that they can just do that. You know what I've realized? If I was an old person, like if I was super old and like my family tried to put me in an old folks home, I would say, fuck that. Just put me on a cruise ship and I would just go on cruises 24 seven. That makes sense. Like I knew this one, there was this woman on one of the ships I went on and she would, uh, she would just, we would get in dock and she would just change rooms and just go back on another cruise because it's like for the same price as an old folks home, she was getting treated like a fucking queen. And those old folks home, I fucking seen happy Gilmore, the way they treat the old people and <laughs> you know, have a nice glass to shut the hell up, you know, like, and yeah, you're fucking on land and they fucking put you outside and treat you like shit, but you're on the cruise ship, you eat bomb ass food and like people, there's shows you can go to and they fucking wait on you hand and foot. And because you're going on all those cruises, you get like points and memberships. So it's starting it's costing you less and less. It's like for the same price. Fuck it. I'll just live on a cruise ship instead of go to an old folks home. Fuck that. that that's okay. That makes sense. Yeah. So, that makes sense. so like, that's the only time, but I don't think I'd go on a cruise as a guest maybe once, but I do want to go back as a oh, comic. That, I would do it just for the material. There's one cruise I would go on. Which one? One, uh, the one that, uh, Damien Marley puts together in November. It's, it's a jam rock. That would be pretty. Yes. Yeah, so there's some of those. I did a Melissa Etheridge one full of lesbians. And it was cool. You did that? What do you mean? You I did mean, that? I was working it. Our, sh- our ship got um, commissioned to do a Melissa Etheridge cruise. What does that mean? So Melissa Etheridge, the singer. Yeah. So it was just like her cruise and she brought on a bunch of like musicians. It was like a music festival, but on the ship, but full of her, like her headlining the thing and all of her fans and like her musician friends and whatever that she brought along. Doesn't get annoying after a while? How I don't have to go to listen to the music. I'm just doing a job. All I do is work on the sports deck. So that's all I do. So that's far enough to we don't have to hear the shit. No, bro. Like, imagine you're in a fucking giant hotel and there's something going on in the conference room. If you're in your room, are you going to hear it? Yeah, true. I, 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 I never, I, it's hard for me to, I never seen like a cruise ship, like, like in, 
live? Bro, they're massive. Yeah, I mean, apparently. apparently yeah, they're, they're apparently. massive. So, like, there's a full auditorium there, and, uh, like, they go and they do that. Like, but you're on the other side of the ship. You're not going to hear it. Like, if you're close to it, you're going to hear yeah, it. But, yeah, like, yeah. if you're not, like, in that vicinity, it's, like, it's not even happening. Like, you can go to the other side of the ship and go play basketball with your friends. Like. That is nuts. Yeah. I, <laughs> I don't know. For a lot of people, like, unless you've been on it, like, you don't understand how big they are and, like, how just. Like, and they're just getting bigger. Like, every new one they build is like, oh, this ship was a bigger one. Remember that ship? Now, this one's bigger, dog. Remember that big ass ship we built? Now, fuck that. This is the biggest one in the world. And they just keep. The super Titanic. Like, yeah, try that. Yeah. You keep, you, you keep trying to. What's crazy, though, is when you're stuck on, like, when you're in the ocean and, like, you hit a storm and then the ship starts, like, rocking when it's that big. Cause, like, imagine what it would take to make a ship that big, like, sway <laughs> like that. I'm telling you, this, you're people, do, people do not respect open water as much as they should, bro. Like, the people that have zero respect for, like, ocean Dude, open water, that shit is fucking nuts. A whale could go by and just bump it. <gasps> yeah. I'm thinking worst case scenario. Like, something as simple as that. Like, you have no idea. Yeah, you're a ship. That's fine. You're a ship. But there's, there's life and things going on around you that you know are real of and the, the day shit the day that shit is the fan i mean the whales one thing but the thing about like whales and animals and stuff like that is like they don't want to attack something that's bigger than most of the time you know they have zero business doing that but it's like the storms like there's because there's nothing you can do yeah and if shit gets fucked up it's just you like no one's coming to save you like you're <laughs> in that shit and you gotta and then it's like, and then these people now got to count on me to like do a job. And I'm like, I'm trying to save myself. This is, <laughs> this is fucked up. Like you're, if you're children and black people first. <laughs> yeah. If you're looking at me to save you, we're going to have some problems. <laughs> like you want me to be a firefighter? What? <laughs> nah, I ain't doing that. Yeah, no. you don't my own black no. ass. Bro. That's why they, they hire a bunch of Filipino dudes. And those dudes are like, I swear, man. If I ever start anything, I'm just hiring pure Filipinos. Like they are the nicest, most hardworking, best food cooking people like I've ever met. Like they're just better than Mexicans, bro. They are like Mexicans on steroids, bro. That's how cool they are. They they work harder, they're nicer, and their food is just as good. Like they probably ju- better. Mexican food is not that good. Ooh, I hmm. really. I, I, I will say I like Filipino and Asian foods better than I do Mexican food, but I do it's like Mexican. The, it's at the bottom for me. You don't like, 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 it's the same shit with different names. Like, you don't like tacos? I don't say I don't like them. I say this as far as my preference list, it's at the bottom. If I don't have a choice. What's at the top of your preference list? My my Senegalese food. Senegalese? Do you guys eat fufu? Yeah. Okay, so you fuck with the fufu. Yeah, I fuck with the fufu. Okay, yeah. Okay, so people but, don't but know it, about the fufu. Yeah, I fuck with it, the fufu. To us, it's like, it's, you know, rice, different sauces. It's really that simple. That's right? fair. Yeah, it's rice, different sauces. I grew up in France, so I would put French food up there. I would put Italian food up there. But Mexican is just meat and vegetables and different types of bread-looking things. I mean, Mexican's- A taco and a burrito and a gordita, what's the difference? Except for the size and the kind of bread uh, that you wrap it around. I mean, I don't want to go into specifics and everything, but the difference is that they're all delicious. That's what they have okay, in common. Okay, you, you didn't grow up in Texas. I did not grow up in That's Texas. That's why, because right. it's exotic to you. Well, I mean, I've had like Tex-Mex. I grew up in Colorado. There's a heavy Mexican population. So yeah, I've, always, I've always been eating tacos and burritos. I just like them. Oh, whatever makes you happy. No, I mean, I'm a big fan of my favorite. I mean, 
Because the thing is, African food is also very rare. Like, it's hard there's to none find. Of, none of it here. Yeah, there's none. There was African spots in uh, Boston. I mean, when I lived in Mass. Uh-huh. So there was an African joint that you had, like, Ghanaian food. So I'd go there and eat, like, um, I would just go there and eat African food for sure. I'd be, like, uh, eating... um. What, jollof rice? Jollof, yeah. <laughs> Heavy jollof. And they have like the African like fish and the, the African fish, yeah, food, yeah. Like, meat and stuff like that. So I'd eat that. Sometimes I'd eat plantains and fufu. So I'd be getting in it. No, we don't have that here. So I'm like... I saw an Ethiopian restaurant the other day. Yeah, there's there's one. And it, it's hanging on. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's been it's here a, for years. Yeah, well, I mean, they're like, uh, uh, the, Ethiopian? Is this... Uh, is this is this nigger food? Like, what do people in Texas call it? They don't give you silverware. What? They don't give you silverware when you go there. Do we just eat with your hands? Yeah, they, they give you that. They have this. Um, it's kind of it's kind of like a tortilla. It's an African tortilla. It's like a crepe, really. Oh yeah, yeah. And they use like, that. Yeah, and they the use little, that on oh, your yeah, plate. Okay, yeah, they don't, you, get, you have to ask for silverware. Yeah, I mean, and you'd be an asshole and be like, oh, do you have a knife and fork? Uh, like, motherfucker, you yeah. in Ethiopia, right? <laughs> yeah, eat, eat with your hands. It, Unless you're one of those bougie people that eat fufu with a knife and a fork. Oh, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, fucking no, 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 no. Dude, did you, did you grow, grow up eating around the bowl? Is that a thing in Congo too? Like all the fufu in one big bowl? No, just like the whole family around one bowl. Is that something you guys do? Well, we never had a lot of family meals because there was like nine of us. And we were all, and I'm like number six out of seven. Mm-hmm. And so like. Everyone always worked all the time. So we had like all these odd different schedules and we weren't living in the same household for like, we moved here probably in 94 and then my sisters moved to, we moved to Colorado all together in 94. Mm-hmm. My, my youngest sister was probably two and then my older sisters moved to mass in 2001. So we were only together for like seven years, but they were like in high school and I was in like whatever. And my parents always had to work. So we were just. Oh, it was like old, yeah. Even. Yeah. So we never really did that, but like we ate fufu and we'd have like a big bowl of like fufu and then you'd get your own sauce and just get your own little plate of fufu and then you just oh, plate. What is a plate? Not plate. We were civilized. You know? Yeah. We, we, I mean, we, we had a thing because we're, we're in France. We still ate out of plates, but like Sundays was Sunday. There was no breakfast. There was no, we ate at like, like you, like four o'clock, like you were talking about before the show. And so we'd eat around the bowl. Mm, okay. And so it would be, um, y'all, we're all sitting, like all six of us, face the bowl, and yet you have to eat right in front of you. It's probably just, you know, same when you eat food. Like you don't go and grab on the other side of the bowl yeah, or yeah. trying to like creep on the side because they have a better piece of meat or whatever. Dude, you do that shit in Senegal, you get your ass whooped. No, we, I mean, that was always, we were always like, uh, you just you get your own bowl of like sauce and meat or whatever in a small little bowl, and then we just make like fufu, like balls of fufu. We always had like a we call them a ball of fufu, uh-huh. and then you just get your own bowl. So we just have a big ass bowl full of a bunch of balls of fufu, and then you just take one of the balls and just you go to work. Yeah, you know you know how to make it? Or do I know how to make fufu? Not well. I'm you not, tried? I mean, I have, but I'm not like it's 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 so simple. Like when I watch other people make it, but of my, course, yeah. And you ask your moms, and you go, "Oh, you should do a little bit of this." Yeah, and you just like, some, no, no, I got to take notes. Just, yeah, you just throw the semolina in some water, and you just stir until it like thickens up to the right consistency. But you got to know like the you got to know like I the, tried. My, like my, I, I remember asking my mom, "Hey, how do you make chibujin?" Which is like our national thing in Senegal. It's like uh, it's it literally means rice with fish. Okay, yeah. Right, it's a red rice. It's jollof rice because right? it's the it's the rice cooked with tomatoes and stuff. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. So it's a red rice with uh, fish and vegetables, 
but the way it, it's one of those, you know, African food takes like a, a whole day to, to, to make, right? Yeah, when they're doing like a, there's no well, yeah. fast food African no, food. No, you can't have fast African food. That's why they're so lean and shit because no, you can't, because yes. you're just like, yeah, it's always like, always heavy vegetable like oriented, um, like a lot of like greens and spinaches and stuff yeah, like that. You get and, some yams in there, yeah, you put get some, some carrots in there. Yeah, it's always like that and then like a heavy carb and people, it's so funny because like people here are like, oh, carbs are the devil in Africa. It's like, fufu is like heavy, bro. You eat fufu, dog? <laughs> bro, fufu because you don't chew, you don't chew fufu. Food. Yes, That's the thing about it just thing. slides you know, down. It just goes down your throat. So you just have a ball of foo foo in your stomach, bro. Like you're just like, yeah. You take food, you eat foo foo, and you're like, you're just yeah. out, bro. That's the original the itis is, food. It doesn't hit you right away because <laughs> it it's almost like you're, yeah. You don't realize you're full until like way later, and you're like, oh shit, it's about to hit. That's how, that's, that's what good African food does. I, I love African food so much. Like, honestly, I could go for some jalap right now. <laughs> we ain't got nothing in, yeah, in no. Texas, man. I'm going to go try that Ethiopian restaurant one time, though. No, that, that is good. Yeah, really, yeah, I drove it by it the other day. I, I was ST, like, I, I think it's called. Yeah, I was trying it's to on 35 and, uh, maybe 40th Street area. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it's right weird because since I've gotten here to Texas, the only thing I trust to eat is like, I only eat like tacos and barbecue. That's and all then, we have. Yeah, that's really it. That's but all like, we have. But, and, and, and everything and else is fusion food. shit. I eat a lot of Asian food too, so I eat like pho and poke bowls a lot too. Yeah, those are good. Yeah, those so. are good. But I, 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 we used to have when I, I got, uh, I came to Austin in '98. Okay, so and, yeah, you've been here for a minute. Yeah, and that was there was one restaurant called Word Beat Cafe that used to be on MLK and um, on literally on campus, really. Right, right. And um, they had. Jollof rice with goat, oh, and that shit was dope. And I'd go there all the time. And then they shut down. They they came back a few years ago as a food truck on 11th Street, but it didn't work. And then that was my friend Iba, who's also from Senegal. Like for for years, there was like one Senegalese guy you had to know in town. It was him. And then I came around like you don't know who Iba is. I'm like, okay, I got to meet Iba. But really good dude. And he had a food truck, right? To get this, he had a he had a food truck. Um, and he was at a coffee shop. You know where a radio is? Uh, my no, don't radio coffee. Anyway. Okay. So it was, he had his food truck and then, uh, a taco truck. So he, at first he was serving actual like Senegalese food. Like he would do festivals and all of that shit. And then he had to kind of, you know, Americanize it a little bit. So he would make, uh, you know, my fair, right? Mm-mm. It's a peanut butter sauce. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he would do that and then put it on spinach, for example, like spinach right. leaves and shit. Yeah, we call that fumba in Congo. Congo oh, really? It's fumba. It's like a peanut butter and uh, like green kind of combination. So it's like peanut sauce uh-huh. mixed with like a green, and then you like eat it. It's kind of like a little bit thicker and it's yes, like, yeah. Yes. And we call that fumba, and you eat that with fufu. Oh, dude, everything yeah. with fufu. <laughs> yeah, everything with the fufu, bro. You just even, oh, man, yeah, you just put whatever with fufu, bro. We just eat it. I would love to just like have a podcast where I just bring white people on and we just eat foo foo. Like, and, like, and they just get a reaction shot. Yeah, the whole time it's just we share a meal with a white person, but it's traditional African food. And I just want to see what, uh, oh my, are, are we eating this? Like, what? what Yo, is, yeah, I, I would die just watching like white people try to like try African food. It'd be hilarious. And you me. know what? And you prank him, you say, yeah, that's brains. Yeah. That's monkey brains, dude. <laughs> yeah, you're, you know, you're eating goat liver. Yes, like, how's that? And you go, oh, it's delicious. Yeah, that's, that's those eyeballs. We just, we just grind it together. Oh. Oh my, oh my God. It's delicious, right? <laughs> I don't even think a lot of them would eat it. They'd be like, I'm not, I'm not going to no, try it. No, if you it, tell right? them ahead of time, you don't. 
Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. They were not gonna eat. I would never tell them ahead of time. I would just, no, I would just but, bring it on them. That'd be the whole podcast. Because in, in their mind, they're thinking Indiana Jones and Temple of Boom when they opened the monkey, the monkey head, and they just like eat out of it. That's what yeah, they're thinking. Yeah, they're thinking bats in Wuhan. Dude. Yeah, they're just like we're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna start the new Corona if I eat this. Like they don't know what the fuck to think. I mean, that's the thing. Like you, you go, you go to this, you go to a market uh, in in Africa. At least, I mean, at least in Senegal. Yeah, and everything is fresh, but you know, some of it just sits there. Our our version of fast food in Senegal is somebody gets a lamb in the morning, kills it, and then grills it over during the day. So you show up, you go, I want one pound of, one pound of lamb, and then they grill it in front of you to give you onions and mustard, and you eat it right down the street. But that lamb's been hanging since this morning, mm. and it's all, that's all fast food, and that shit is delicious. It's fucking delicious. Oh, I can fuck McDonald's, fuck Whataburger, fuck everything else we have here. I would eat that. Every time I go back, that's what I have. Well, because it's just like fresh lamb, so it's not processed. It doesn't have the fucking hormones in it. And I think that's the biggest difference is like why you wonder like why Americans have all these random diseases and shit that aren't found anywhere else in the world because we put all sorts of fucking crazy things in our food that's not even legal. Like if you look at the food, that the ingredients that we allow in America and our food, it's like countries like Bolivia are like, nah, we can't put this in. America's like, yo, double down on this shit. It's like if Bolivia is the standard for what your food quality is, <laughs> like you're fucking up when like African countries are like we cannot eat this shit americans are like yep yeah, double down on that food like it's fucked up you know i didn't know what lactose intolerant until i came here mm. lactose intolerant or uh keto or uh gluten yeah. i'm like you never met an african gluten person you, so I, we can't eat gluten in africa i don't you I've never after that but i know a lot of people that african people that don't fuck with milk what yeah like no one in my family drinks milk is it because they make them sick or yeah, is like, it just it's, it's like a i don't know it's like a reaction like an acid reflux kind of thing in our stomach from drinking milk so no one you drink too milk. much of it yeah you'll, they'll fuck you up not but. even too much just any milk like most of my brothers really? don't most of my brothers can't process like dairy at all i can literally i can eat ice cream but i know i'm gonna f- be fucked up in the morning but ice cream is the only dairy i really fuck with huh i fuck with cheese a little bit but i don't i don't remember the last time i drank milk that's like why I don't like breakfast because it's, it's part of the whole thing. Like yeah. breakfast and cereal is like a, that's a, when you grow up. Like you go you, with your mom to the grocery store. Yeah, I want the one with the bunny rabbit on the box yeah, and then there's LeBron the on it. Yeah, yeah that's, like, it's part, that's part of growing up. Man, yeah. you never experienced that. No, I I did. I just I, with water. I, I, I ate cereal, <laughs> cereal and water. Gross. Frosties and water. Yeah. Uh, Rice Krispies with water. She yeah. don't even pop no more. <laughs> oh my gosh! You ever seen like in Friday when he's all eating the milk cereal and there's like there's no more milk. He's like, what? We put some water in that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like that noise. No, nah, it's, it's one of those like simple joys. It's growing up. Like that's there's a reason why they put all the you know the the um. The cereal boxes at the bottom because the kids, that's their level. Like, oh, I want that one and that one. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of fucked up the way that we trick kids into doing stuff. But it's also like, as parents, I know it's hard, but I used to work with kids. Like, well, you have on, to do be- you have kids? No, I don't have any kids. Okay, I do. So watch it. Yeah, all I'm saying <laughs> is, you have to, at some point, you have to be the adult in the room. Like, and, and, and that's, I agree. And, I agree. Like, okay. Yeah, ahead. and I'm not even trying to like talk down on parents, but at some no. point, like, I understand that kids are hard to raise. I'm not going to say they're easy or anyone's doing a bad job or anything like that. But at some point, you can't let your kids control you. You have to be the adult in the room. And, like, I used to work with kids, and I'd see kids all the time, and they would just rule their parents and just just run over their parents and got whatever they want. And I'm like, as someone who worked with kids, I'm like, 
you can see the difference in the behavior and the way those kids acted versus the kids where they like respected or understood that they were the kids and the parents were the parents. Like at some point as a parent, you have to be the adults in the room. You can't let your kids you, make the decisions. You, you know what? So good, great point. Cause I mean, I grew up and nothing was talking about this before on a podcast. I forgot to wait. Oh, it was Rachel throwing. I think anyway, um, the whole idea of your parents or your best friend is I can't, we don't do parents are my best friends. No, they're my parents. No, they're they're my not parents. my friends. They don't confide in me. They don't come. Yeah, that's, that's what friends are. Right, friends exactly. Are we're not, we're not, con- we're not conversing on decisions. Like we're not here out here. Like, Oh, let me uh, put your two cents in here. Like this. Is- no, but you know, I've, I have a three year old and I still catch myself going, Hey, do you want to do this? So you want to do that kind of thing? Like, do you want, what do you want to eat? And I'm like, my dad's never asked me, what do you want to eat? This no. is what you eat. If you don't want to eat, you're not eating. You're not eating. Right. That's the <laughs> thing. Either you eat this or you don't eat. Like, those are your options. Yeah. This is what he used to say. And it still does to this day. He goes, those who want to eat, calm down. Everybody else, stay where you at. Yeah. That's my- it. And there's, there's no eating after eating time or before eating time. And we'd wait for him. For him to come back from from work to eat, if there's any permission I need to ask, I had to ask, like when it uh, uh, when he comes home. It's like there's no, he's not my buddy. Now he is because now I have a son there. And he goes, oh, now you understand, don't you? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I, I, I get it. Uh, yeah, I get it. I get it but my son's right. only three, and I'm like, man, I can't wait till he grows up to like and really like drill his ass. Yeah, get into I think his mom is gonna hate that shit, but I'm like, I, I you gotta, you gotta get the discipline. Well, that's the thing, man. I, I realize like now my, so the one, so my parents were like, it was a weird thing because there's seven of us. Right. And so like growing up, like, like are close or um, within 15 years, seven kids, 15 years, well, okay. within 15 that's, years. So it's not the worst. It's pretty but, good, right? Yeah. Yeah. They were popping them out like every, like we're all like two and a, two and a half years, give or oh, take they were apart. A, yeah. They were going in. Yeah. <laughs> Right. So then it's like, so you have that. And it's like early on, they were very strict. But as like we moved to the United States and everyone got older, they kind of got super like laid back. So like I, I never really had any rules growing up. Like by the time Apparently I was like 10, you get to work on a cruise ship, my parents are like, well, you, how do you mind? I mean, I was 20. <laughs> like, you don't even know how to swim. You know, like, what <laughs> are you going to do on a cruise ship? Exactly. What are you going to do on a cruise ship? Yeah, you are going to drown. I'm breaking on this water. <laughs> like, they don't give a fuck, right? So, like, my parents. <laughs> <laughs> what is this cruise ship you talk yes. about? Or, huh? what, what how you big just, is this thing? You just go to the water. I've seen the Titanic. What is, what, what is going to happen? You are going to drown right now. Yeah. That's, uh, well, that's the thing. So my parents were always just like, so there was a certain time and I think I was probably around like, I remember when I was probably like 10 or 13, somewhere in between there. And it's like, my parents were just kind of like, meh. They're just like, don't go to jail. Like that was pretty much like the discipline I had. Wear a condom and don't go to jail. They didn't even say that, bro. They just said like, don't go to jail. We're not going to bail you out, bro. And so like from that point on, like the rest of like my life has just been me figuring things out on my own. And like they were supportive of whatever, like cool, do it, like figure out how to do it. But they were stricter with your older siblings. They were, but like at that point they kind of let them go too. So they just kind of just, but they were already already older at that point. So like we're just kind of like freestyling at that point. And so the learning discipline, like teaching yourself discipline as an adult, when you never had it as a child i wish i would have had like like strict discipline like if it wasn't for sports i probably had zero discipline now it's like i have to discipline myself for things like comedy like 
go out every single night, write jokes, do these things and get them done. Mm-hmm. And it's like this mental battle I have all the time with myself with like keeping myself in line and like disciplining myself. But that took like time to be able to teach myself discipline mm-hmm. because if no one teaches you discipline, getting it as an adult and learning how to like work hard as a trait, that's hard to do on your own. If no one instills that from you from an early yeah. age. And I don't think I ever had it instilled. I mean, I kind of just instilled it in myself over time. I mean, my dad worked hard, but like I never really ever saw him growing up, and he was kind of he was kind of hands off, so we never really did a lot of things together. But, he, but so you was, knew he, he was working a whole lot. Yeah, I mean, I knew he was doing his thing. I mean, we we had a house, so we weren't like. Did he ever say, "Is it Benjamin?" Yes, Benjamin. I'm I'm, I'm proud of you. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, he never once. Maybe, maybe hence the comedy. No, I'm, <laughs> no, I'm maybe like closer to the adult. I mean, I do talk about my dad a lot in the comedy. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, not as much anymore. He passed away earlier this year. Oh, I'm sorry, man. Oh, no worries, man. So, like, I used to make a lot of jokes about him, and like now I I took a lot of them out because they feel weird to say because they're kind of like making my dad the butt of the jokes. But now that he's not alive, it kind of feels almost disrespectful in a way. So like I haven't, I don't. His spirit is with you. Yes, <laughs> he, he is, lives in you. Yes, he is cursing you right now. He's yeah, it's saying, like Mufasa in, yeah. the, in the cloud. He's looking yes. down. On him. What is this bitch ass Benjamin talking about? <laughs> if I see him again, I'm going to beat his ass in heaven. You know, like it's so you, you, you'll feel an ass whooping coming from the heavens. Yeah, bro. I'm <laughs> like that nigga's waiting to whoop my ass. He just took off his belt. Like he, just, he heard that joke and he's like, Benjamin, come here. Do you know I'm going to beat you today? You know, like yeah. But, like it's so funny because like it's so frowned upon to like beat your children in American culture, right? It's like you can't oh, like no. you can't do that. I've, I've told that story. Uh, a friend of my dad's uh, moved to the states, married an American girl, had a kid, and at school, kid goes to school and they teach they teach the kids, you know, if your parents put their heads on you or threaten you, call child services. And one day, sure enough, he didn't like put his hands on her or anything, but you know kind of threatening and kid calls the cops and cops can and book the, book the dad and uh, he, he, he never recovered from that oh no you can't come back from that there's certain things you can't come like it's for my parents used to be like hey, i call child services by the time they get here you're gonna be done <laughs> yeah pretty much but i think the thing about us is that we always had like a a very reverent like respect for my parents i think oh, it's yeah. because of this because of the siblings right because my older siblings were like born in africa and they were like raised like that so it was like you learn from the siblings because I spent so much time with my siblings and they mm-hmm. kind of like watched me and took care of me growing up. So I think we kind of learned that like parental like respect, kind of like the African version of like not calling that like child service yes. and stuff versus like the kids that are born here. They have, you have zero power. Kids can do whatever uh, the I mean, fuck they want. The biggest disconnect, I mean, I look at um, Africans who live in France, right? So mm-hmm. um, second generation, or f- well, first generation in France, they'd never been back home to Mali or Senegal or Algeria or wherever, right? So they grew up around French kids. Right. Right. And so they have the hardest problem connecting with their parents because here you are in this Western country, you're trying to teach them the African values, but they, there's it, it doesn't it, it doesn't connect. No. That's, and it so they feel like, oh shit, well I live in France, but I can't if I went back to back home in Senegal or wherever I would feel so out of place because I don't, I know nothing of right. my, uh, you know, of my, of my culture. So my, the luck, I, I was lucky because I was born there. In France or Senegal? In Senegal. How old were you when you moved to France? I was two. 
Oh, okay. So but, you moved to Young. Okay. Yeah, but my parents would send us back every summer. Right. I like, see. you got to go see your cousins. You got to learn your language. You right. got to learn okay. how to, you know, don't shit in the hole and all that stuff. And then take a shower with a pan and over your head yeah, 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 and all that, that stuff and eat around a bowl with everybody else and, you know, and walk a lot on sand. I mean, it's, it's little things like that that really humbles you and, and oh, okay, I get it. Well, yeah, you, you understand life on a different perspective in that exactly. way. You know, like if you look at like a lot of the problems with Western culture that we have now, you look at like a lot of people's like, we're about to solve the world, y'all. Go ahead. I'm about to <laughs> give you up on game, all right? No, but it's like you look at a lot of the problems. It's like they're solved by social media. People are always like concerned about what they have because they lack a gratefulness for what they don't have or what they do have. They're like all of these, that's what the problem with social media is that you always see what everyone else has and then you forget to be grateful for what you have because you're always watching what other people have and then you're looking in your life like, well, I don't have this. And so that's why a lot of social media fucks with people's minds and makes people feel alienated and makes people feel depressed. Like, I'm the same way. Like, social, I, I have to, I struggle with social media. Me like, it's so hard for me to be on there because I see that and it, it takes, it's a thief of my joy. And, I think that was like one of the things that like I was really blessed with as a parent is like I, growing up, like with the way I did was, it's like a lot of kids would complain and like, I don't have this and I don't have that. I was like, well, I got food. So this is pretty cool. You know, like when you put just, things in perspective, it's life a perspective. Is, it, it, right? Life is simple. People make it complicated. Yeah, absolutely. I completely People agree. make it complicated. And, and it, it's always interesting to me that, you know, people go, people who travel, I mean, I always, I always say, tell people, if you were to travel to two places that would really make you appreciate life, you go to Africa, somewhere in Africa, go to South Africa. It's a good introduction to Africa. Yeah, you, you Africa both, light. Yeah, yeah. It's like African light. It's just like you go to Joburg and it's, it's as modern and as clean as can be. It's like you, you're yeah, Cape Town. Second is nice in, too. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you go in Atlanta, really. Right. Right. It's cleaner. Than Atlanta, even so. Yeah, New York is a dirty ass city. Yeah, it is. New York is and then you drive ten miles out of the city, and you're in Africa, Africa. Yeah. So you get both, right? right? Right. And so that'll give you some appreciation of what you have, what you don't have, and then you go to Europe because you can appreciate how they live. The thing with Americans is that it's go 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 all the time. All the time. Yeah. Like uh, Americans don't value money they value convenience would come that comes with money money buys you convenience yeah my, exactly right. so there's a reason why we have drive throughs in this country and fast food is a thing like every everybody i remember coming here uh i was going to high school i was a senior in high school and then i was i was talking to my friends like yo i'm i'm working a job two jobs i'm like how old are you like do, when do you get to be a teenager just chilled and just like enjoyed life because you go to you go to you go to france and like a uh a meal takes two hours yeah in spain to take a nap yeah the whole country takes a fucking nap i remember yeah facts i went to belgium and i was like oh yeah the store closes at nine dude like if you want to get something you come back tomorrow bro like it's here's like what 24 hours you got to be open 24 hours no and it's like no you don't i do like the slower european lifestyle like that's I like, what I, that's what i mean everybody it, should go there once just south, appreciate bro, that. i want to go to south america because i've never been but i've been to central america but it's like even the islands it's like there's a slower time pace yo you can't get shit done though like if, if you, this is my, my biggest comp my, because if you're used to this pace, 
right, that we have here. Right. And let's say you go to Belize or Barbados and you're trying to get yeah. some paperwork done. I've been to those places. So, yeah. the, no, no paperwork, no. bro. Later. We do this later. Yes. <laughs> Don't worry about the paper. Bro, even in Africa. <laughs> yeah, even Italy is like that, bro. Like, I went to Italy and it's like the bus is leaving and it's like, yeah, yeah, we'll leave. <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean we're leaving? I got it said we're leaving at 2.30. Bro, it's 2.36. Yeah, we're just waiting for a few more people. I'm like, the Germans, though, they don't fuck around. The Germans, like, 2.30, 29, 30, go. Yeah, no, like they're, they're just, organized. Yeah, they're the Germans organized. are very organized. It's so, so it's like when you travel, you see, like, the Italians, they're like, yeah, I want to get to it. And then it's like, we went to an Italian pizza restaurant, 2 to 4 p.m. or 2 to 5 p.m. in the afternoon, they're just closed. I'm like, could you imagine a food restaurant in America being closed till no, five at five p.m.? No, 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 bro, way. get the fuck out of here! It's crazy. I'm like, y'all don't even like money out here. Like, <laughs> y'all are y'all are trying try to introduce the 24 hour Denny's. Yeah, wow. bro, I hop, I hop Italy, bro. Never, it would never work. That shit place would be open like four hours a day. They get the like, fuck out of here. My money being open 24 hours. These motherfuckers only show up like four out of. Yeah, you can't. Uh, <laughs> Man, it's just it's so when you travel you learn and you're just getting more perspective. But I think the biggest thing is you just find out that people are people everywhere. And like everyone's gonna tell you like, Oh, these people hate us, these people do it. No, these people are just people trying to live. There's governments that have a bunch of sinister things at play that they're trying to make money off of and we just happen to be the 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 recip the I guess the what do you call that? The unintended consequences of what happens to us. We're yeah, just like yeah, the yeah. Or collateral damage. I mean, there's just way too many people. You're dealing with 350 million people in this country versus, you know, a million in a small European country. I mean, uh, Texas is one and a half the size of France. When I tell people a drive from Austin to Dallas, like like three, four hours, if you do that in France, you're in another country already. Yeah, New England's, New England's like that too, though. Like, if I drive an hour from where I lived in Massachusetts, I could hit like five, six different states. Yeah, but it's the same shit from state to state. Yeah, that's right. It's all called New England. Yeah, yeah it's like, yeah, you over there. It's like, yeah, we're just over here. But yeah. when you show up somewhere, you drive, you know, long enough for a few hours, like, oh shit, different food, different language, different smells, different this, different that. It's, it's a luxury that people can't appreciate. I mean, don't get me wrong. I know Louisiana is not New York. It's not Cali. I get all that, but, Fundamentally, it is. <laughs> That's fair. You know, it it's is. similar it's, enough. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, okay, we have Whataburger, they have Shake Shack. And now we have Shake Shack here. So what's yeah, the difference? It's the same shit. That's, that's the thing. That's why, like, going to Europe, like, it doesn't really do anything because it's the same shit. It's very westernized, right? Like, a lot of Europe. And I mean, in some places. Yes. Most places you want to go in Europe are pretty westernized. So it's like, I noticed some differences, but it's like, all right, this isn't like rocket science to figure out. Have you, you know? gone back to Africa? Anywhere else in Africa? I have not gone back to Africa at all. No, no, not back to Africa yet. Any desire to go? Yeah, I mean, it's going. It's on my to do list within the next couple of years. I want. We wanted to go back as a family this year, last year in 2020, but COVID happened, and yeah. then 2021, my pops passed. So it's just been like a lot since. Yeah, like that happened. But we wanted to go back. I, I'm still planning on going back, so I will eventually. I just to Congo, or is there a country that you I, like? I mean, obviously, I'd, I want to go back to the rest of Africa. I want to go see. Um, Nigeria. I want to go to Lagos. Okay, and I I want to go to South Africa. South Africa is the shit, man. And then I want to go to Morocco too. Morocco. Yeah, my parents lived there for a couple of years. I didn't. I never got to go. My 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 brother and sister went. Uh, from what I hear, uh, you go to Marrakesh. Marrakesh. Yeah, yeah. 
places like Marrakesh. I want to go to Casablanca. I want to go. Not to- Casablanca sucks. It sucks. That's what. Yeah, that's what they told me because they lived in Casablanca, but they would go to Marrakesh all the time. Okay, I, like, mean, I just want to be there for the movie. You know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, but okay. Go that, there for yeah, for just, a day. Right, get the fuck I out. saw. Get the fuck out. You I don't heard, like black people. <laughs> I mean, niggas, y'all are black. <laughs> <laughs> like you're from, you're in Africa too. What the yeah, fuck? <laughs> I want to. I heard Chef Schwan's a good place to go. Where? Uh, Chef Schwan, Chef Schwan, or something like Asia? that. No, it's in Morocco. Oh, I don't know. I see yeah, it's no. like a it's like a resort town kind of thing. So, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's a resort cool. type deal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But so South Africa, cool. man, it's like it it blows it blew. The, I went there like four times because uh, my, my parents, my dad worked for IBM, so he got to, it was um, like VP IBM sales. So he had the Africa as his territory, and he was based in South Africa for a while, and then and then Morocco. But South Africa is like. What blew my mind is that apartheid ended in our lifetime, like 1995. Yeah. And you're like, oh, this is recent. This is some recent shit. So everything you see around you is like, wow. They co- one, one, they've come a long way, but there's still traces of it everywhere you go. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, 1995 is so recent. Like, you look at, like, slavery in the United States. Like, there's still traces of it heavy in our society. Yeah. And that was almost 70 years ago. Like, no, I mean, it, Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated almost 70 years ago. Yeah, that's still recent. Yeah, that's and that's recent. So 1995, that's like yesterday. Like that's like no, but like like hey, you get to visit Nelson Mandela's house and you go. Uh, we were driving. I remember we were driving uh, to Soweto. Mm-hmm. You know Soweto, right? Yeah, yeah. At the Southern Township on the other side, mm-hmm. and we're driving. The dude goes, "You see that mountain over there? That was built." This is how much black pe- white people want to separate themselves from from black people. They built the freaking mountain. Between Soweto and the rest of the region. And I'm like, oh, and it's still there. Yeah, no. you, didn't, you, didn't, you didn't take that shit down. The no. mountain's still there. It's, you yeah. see it. You're driving, you're driving through the mountain. Like on the other side, Soweto's over there. Yeah, white people would do a lot for racism. They really will. Like uh, South Africa was the most sinister type of racism too, because they went and they like studied racism. They were like, "Oh, you need to find the best racist programs in the world," and they made like a super, like a super virus of racism, and they put it in there. So it was super sinister in South Africa. Like a lot of the ways they did the testing, their racism was so they were so racist that they had ambiguous racism. Like they could just be like, they just had random tests, like the hair test. Like oh, they, okay. they put like a comb in your hair, and if it's Daisy, it'd be black. And if you're not, if, like they just did random shit that made zero sense. But it was so, it was so like curated that that's why it was able to be to go into this like new age because uh-huh. they were just like we have it on lock. Like we we the, shit. No, they, <laughs> yeah, were, they were like the Einsteins of racism. Bro. There's a museum, the apartheid museum. You can go to, and there's two entries to it. You can ent- enter as a. Do you have the white experience or the black experience? I really want to know what the white experience is. I mean, you're just going through the cells. To the prison cells. <laughs> oh, here's your whip. This is what you would see. Like, what are you teaching? What's the white experience? I don't, I don't know. It's like, okay, did, it was, you know, this guy and this right. guy. Then you go to the black one. And it's like, yeah, you're going to walk through cells. and it, But I mean, it's... it's Same you get the chills. You really get the chills when you walk in the Bro, chair. I get the chills when I think of that all the time. Like, there's certain movies I can't even watch. Like... 12 Years a Slave, like, I've never watched that movie. I can't put myself to watch it, because I know I'll just be like, oh. I, I'll be like, I hate white people for the next four days. I, 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 told, I told a story, but for my 12th birthday, my parents took us to see Amistad. Oh, my gosh. I hated white people so much. Bro, give us, that, us free. Give yeah. us free. Yeah. And, then there, and there was one cameo, and it does Singlese guy. There's one Singlese guy in the movie has one line. 
And his line is, what the fuck you doing? If I translate. <laughs> that's his only, and then when we saw him, we were like, oh shit, <laughs> that's my brother. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, some of but I was so pissed and they took us to McDonald's and we were fine. But <laughs> it's a hard movie. How many of the like, kids are in your family? Uh, five. Five kids? Yeah. Middle. Where do you, where well, do you I have, uh, my oldest brother is my half brother. Okay. And it's my sister and then me and then two younger brothers. And I was the last one to be born in Africa. Oh, uh, okay. And then how many were born here? In French, I mean. In French, too. My two yeah. youngest brother. Okay, yeah. I was, I was the last one born in Africa in my family as well. And then I have a younger sister that was born here. And she's spoiled? The one that's born here? I mean, more than the rest of us. Yeah. Of but course. yeah, my, my, my youngest brother is like, um, yeah, I never got asked what. Like, God. How old damn. is he now? Huh? How old is your brother now? He is 32. How old are you? I'm 39. Oh, okay. Shit. Okay. Yeah. I'm not, I, I haven't had anybody on the podcast that's older than me yet. And no. comedian is older than me. Oh, shit. Not even Godfrey? Oh, yeah. Godfrey's older. Yeah. It was his birthday a couple of days ago, actually. Okay. This fool. Now, are you guys like still like, do you guys still communicate? You guys are cool? Yeah. Yeah. I text him for his birthday because we, we have this, this feud, not a feud, but uh, he claims to be the, a bigger Wu-Tang fan than I am. And uh, I'm like, no, dude, I learned English listening to them. I wouldn't be able to talk to you if you went for them. I, I don't give a shit that you met Method Man and then you have all the gear. He came he came to Austin. He had a he, he had a <laughs> Wu-Tang mask. And I'm like, I don't give a fuck. You have all their merch. I speak to you thanks to them. So uh-huh. shut up. Uh-huh. And so on his birthday on Instagram, he had a, he had a Wu-Tang cake. And I text him. I'm like, fuck you, Wu-Tang. Okay, you can, you can be the number one Wu-Tang fan just today. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he's I don't know, I don't know, 40, close to 50, 47, yeah, 48, 40, something like that. He's still looking good, though. Black don't crack, bro. He's, no, we don't bend either. No, we're going to be chilling. No, we're good. Uh, my dad looks like me. He's 70. Bro, yeah, I'm and saying. And I'm the one balding. He's not. Damn Man, bitch. Oh, shit. Ain't that a motherfucker. <laughs> Man, I always like uh, my whole family. I know I'm going to be bald at some point, but for a while, I'm going to ride the hair. Everyone's like, yo, your hairline. And I'm always like, my hairline's progressing. It was worse when I was a kid. Like, this really? shit's gotten better over time. Like you move forward? Yeah, it was really bad when I was a kid. I used what to happened? Have, I used to always was born with a receding hairline. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, bro, I was just born with a receding hairline. That's it. Oh, you'll be all right. You had that nappy hair. My, mine is like too thin. No, too thin. No, my hair grows in thick, though. Like, my hair is good. It's just my hairline's back. So I'm like, fuck it. I'm just going to have hair until I don't. <laughs> how far is the helmet's going <laughs> to The helmet's going to start... <laughs> Bro, this is what it is. All right, take it easy. Hey, it's a look. It's a look. It works. Take it easy. Uh, so, being African, was your family religious at all? My uh, my mom is. My dad, not so much. My mom is. She, like okay. she plays five times a day and everything. Yeah. Okay, is she yeah. Muslim. Yeah. Okay. And so we th- that that's one of her biggest regrets is that she didn't really teach us growing up. Because I know I have cousins back home in Senegal that know the Quran by heart. They went to Quranic school. They did all the shit. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. And when I go there and they, and they tell me, did you do the Ramadan? I'm like, no, I had lunch yesterday. So your mom's disappointed that she didn't raise a terrorist, I think. Your mom <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's just, deep down, it's like, yeah, you know. I want you. I want you to have a better life. <laughs> yeah, she's like, I don't want you to blow up schools. Or something. No, but, but, but it's <laughs> shitty. It's shitty because when I when I gotta face, you know, my my family when I go back, and I haven't been shit. I haven't been since twenty twenty thirteen. I think is last time I went to haven't Senegal. Been to church or Senegal? No, church. I no. Okay. Yeah. But, but, what, but when I'm there, I'm like, I can't just act like you know. If we're going to, if it's uh, the Tabaski, the day that we, you know. Killed the killed the lamb that uh, that was like last week. Like I'll, I'll go, but you know I'm not I'm not all about that. 
my cousins are, but they don't, you. they don't look at me like, oh, you misfit, you fucking like, no, it's, it's okay. You know, but, uh, now nah, I'm not, I'm not that religious. I believe in shit, but I don't. You do believe in a God or like a higher power or are you an no, atheist? I, I, at the end of the day, I, I think that, all right, are we, are we going deep? <laughs> I mean, I always go deep. Ask the hose. What? Okay, that's a terrible joke. But honestly, we're gonna cut that one out. Um, <laughs> can I blank this Negro? Okay, no. <laughs> no, no. But I, I, I think that personally, like, I don't need a higher power or something to tell me to be a good person. That's that's how that's how I see it. It's like every everybody has the if if it gives you discipline and it gives you peace in life and gives you some rules to go by and all that and by all means you know i'm I'm not shitting on anybody who's religious but to me it's like life is just about just don't be a dick be good to people and you'll get it back somehow it's really that simple i mean i believe believe in the goodness of, of people of people yeah i mean i feel like i find it interesting because i think a lot of people believe in something for just the pure fact that like because if not then what the fuck is the point of all of this like if, the point is do good while you're in, while you're alive but here's the thing and, and what I is was, good <laughs> right like shakespeare said there is no good or bad except for thinking makes it so so what do you consider good and what people consider good or bad changes based off of who that person is and what their experience are so that is true so like what what there's no really baseline for that all of it just comes down to decisions that you make based off whatever you think is right and that's really what it comes down to that is true like there's because i always ask people this and everyone will always be like no there's certain things that are bad and they'll be like well what is murder bad i'm like I'm like, first of all, what what is murder considered to you? Because it's like it's a crime. I'm like, well, cops murder people all the time. You yeah. People go to people, soldiers. Crime of passion is a thing. Yeah, soldiers. Their whole job is to murder people. If you want to, if you want to be honest, like we just we allow anything based off of circumstances. It's true. And so when you're talking about this, what's good or bad? What are the circumstances of what that good or bad is? You know, mm-hmm. and it's like the, I feel sometimes that there needs to be or like to be happy or at least be okay um there needs to be something a little bit more substantial or firm in terms of your beliefs of whatever you believe it doesn't matter what but you have to believe in something i feel like and that that's always my it, it doesn't matter if it's a god or whatever the sure, universe sure. or whatever uh, okay, i just so always it, felt like you is you it need in, to in, in, in a sense that you're you're put on this earth to to do something or to accomplish, well, maybe accomplish too strong of a word, but you're, there's a reason why you're here. Is that what well, you're trying I think, to get at? So here's, here's the way, here's my perspective on go all ahead, of this, right? So I believe that we're, we're put on this earth, right? And if you do nothing outside of just what you're told or what you're supposed to do or just follow all the rules, there's like a cookie cutter pre-made life that you're going to live based off of just the circumstances that you were born in. Sure. And if you do nothing outside of that, then that's the life you're going to live. If you're born to some like middle class parents and you live some middle ass life and they just tell you to go to college and get your degree and then get a job and you go do that and you have a family and two kids in sure. a house and you've just been told that's your cookie cutter life and that's going to live. And some mm-hmm. people it's like you were born fucked up, never had a chance and you're probably going to, your parents were in jail or had early teen pregnancies and you're probably going to go to jail and have early teen pregnancies and kind of just live that life. Mm-hmm. Right. So because that's like the generic cookie cutter model that was set for you. Um, 
But if you don't do anything individually to escape from that or change or make a choice that you want to do something different consciously, then you're just going to get that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do believe that when you believe in something, regardless of what it is, it doesn't matter if it's Christian or if it's Hindu, if you fucking believe in Satan or you believe in fucking religion wise, not, not just... even like religion lies, right? It has nothing to do with religion. Okay, just gotcha, believe, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, just believing going. in something. Like you can believe in Mother Nature, you can believe in Father mm-hmm. Time, and you can believe in fucking the Easter Bunny. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. But I just think that because if you don't have a basis for that belief, then anything like being a good person or doing good things or anything like that has nothing to stand on. It's like it's like a flag you're waving, but you have no flagpole of belief to put it on. So in terms of, okay, I think that I believe in, I believe in legacy. I believe in leaving something behind and, and making leaving the ah what's the word leaving the word better than you got it no that, that didn't that didn't sound right let me let me try to rephrase this shit uh leave the world in a better place than you found than it you found you. it yeah. yes yeah in that sense so in my mind i'm like i'm trying to raise my child the proper way. I mean, again, proper is subjective. Everybody got their own definition and all right. that. But I really think that deep down, it comes down to, I think life is a, is an accumulation of moments and, I, I and experiences. Sure. And really what it comes, it's not about what you have. It's not about what you do. It's about, no, no, no. It's not about what you have and who you are. It's about, who you do things with and like sharing those experiences with people, hopefully and find whatever, whatever you, I know that sounds really cliche, but find these moments, the small moments of happiness where, and have someone to share it with if you can. Otherwise, you know, you're just happy by yourself. Some people are fine with, you about to fall asleep. No. Oh, <laughs> um, I was listening. I was deep in thought. Ah, uh, meditation of the mind. Son. Y- yes. I'm, I'm with it. Um, no, I mean, I, I get that. I think the only reason I say that I think that people need to believe in something is because like you're talking about being a good person, right? And if you don't believe in anything, then what the point, what, what is the point of being a good person? Mm-hmm. Like what, what benefits you from being a quote unquote good person? If there's, if you don't believe there's any reason behind that, why does it have to benefit me? But what does it benefit anybody? Like, what is the, that's what I'm asking. Like, what are the the benefits of that, of that action then? And and what are you basing your quote unquote good person off of? If there's no baseline for what do you base that off of? Oh, so now you got what's good, what I consider good, what I consider bad. Helping helping somebody in need, like that, I know that I'm going to sound really fucking cliche and I don't like it because that's not usually how I talk. Um, try to make a difference however you can in someone's life not be as selfish and believe in other people and share I mean that that's pretty much this, the story of my life 
See, but then, but then you said something right there. Uh-huh. You believe in other people. See, yeah. that's my whole point. You have to believe in something. Did I say I didn't believe in anything? No, that's 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 oh, what I'm okay. saying. I didn't say you didn't say you believe in anything. But that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. Whether that's fucking the universe, whether that's fucking that's why I said it could be the Easter Bunny, whatever. You believe in something, and that's the whole point I'm trying to make is that if any way that you're gonna live your life, you have to believe in something. It doesn't matter what, but it has to be something. I think I got it down. And I've said this. I've said this before. <laughs> I truly believe that everybody is unique, and everybody has something. Some people can express that. Mm-hmm. Not express that like instinctively. Some people don't. So there's this. There's this idea of people are just people. Like most people are the same. They think the same. They look the same. They do the same shit every day. And I'm like, no. But what makes you you? What is it about you that makes you you? Like if I if I were to uh, to 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 look you up in a dictionary, yeah, human being. What else? What else about you? You're not one thing. Well, I think a lot of people don't have that anymore because everyone's so generic. You know, they're just yeah, copying what they shit. see. Why would you want to look and sound like the next dude? I don't get that. But a lot of people do. You know, no, that's, I know they do. I know it is the reality. Like that. I feel that. But but I don't understand because some people actually seek that out. They're like, I don't want to be because they want to fit be, in. Yeah. What do you want to? You can. The people who make shit happen around the world are people who are not like everybody else. Oh, absolutely. But a lot of, but the thing about that and being that person is you have to put a lot of things on your shoulders in terms of being ostracized, in terms of that is people absolutely. not accepting you, in terms of people treating you badly. And, yep. and and for a lot of people, that's hard because people don't want to be ostracized. They don't want to feel badly. They don't want to have to handle the weight of everyone being like, look at that person. That person's weird. That person's yeah. different. We're all doing this and you're not. And that's a hard weight to bear because everyone wants to be Michael Jordan or LeBron James on game day, but no one wants to be Michael Jordan or LeBron when everyone else is going out to the bars and partying and they're yeah. going to fucking gym to work out and shoot. Everyone wants to be fucking Michael Jordan when he wins six chips, but no one wants to be Michael Jordan when he's like, bitches, we're going to run until you throw up. Like, you're going to do this until we fucking get it right. We're going to be here all night because if we don't, we're not going to fucking win. No one wants to be that Michael Jordan. Yeah. Everyone wants to be the Michael Jordan that wins. But that's what I'm saying. A lot of people don't want to do the things that comes with being that person that's unreasonable, unbending, unyielding to what society tells them because society is meant to break you. I mean, I, you, came, you came here at age five, you said? Yeah, I was about, no, four, about four. Four? Yeah. So do you remember like going to school and being that dude that didn't fit in or anything like that? And how did you handle it? Like growing up? Yeah. And here in America? Yeah. I mean, I still feel like I'm that dude that doesn't fit in now. So it, it's gone through phases. But do you, want, you don't want to fit in. Well, before, that's the thing, right? I used to always try to fit in because I just wanted to be like that. But I realized, like, fuck it. If I'm not going to fit in, then I'm just going to stand out. You know, like, it's like. Fuck yeah. That's because the that's the go. thing. It's like, because you don't want to be the person that's, like, different from everybody. You just want to be, like, a part of it. But at the same time, if you're going to do anything that's different from what everybody else is doing and you're going to be above that then you have to be willing to stand out and you can't be afraid of the judgment that's like that whole like, thing about like being in the arena like you have to put yourself out there and be able to and be willing to accept whatever comes with that whether that's negative or positive or hurts you or helps you or makes you feel better or makes you feel terrible that's the price you pay for putting yourself out there let me tell you when, when i got here i was 16 i was the youngest senior in my high school only went one year in high school in this country wow. i was the youngest senior and I was in the uh, the IB program, International Baccalaureate Pro- Program, which takes right. two years to complete. I had to do it in one. And I was, and I would meet people and I would tell them, because I don't, 
it's kind of weird because when people ask me where I'm from, I don't say one thing. I have to like trace the whole thing. Africa, raised in France, now I live here. Yeah, right? Because yeah, I'm like, right. I'm not one thing. And so, and when I would sell that to people, I had two reactions. Either, oh my God, that's fucking dope. Like, tell me. And the other reaction was, cool. And walk off. I'm like, do you meet people like me every day? Uh, like, I, yeah, I'm, I'm just, sick of these the Senegalese French Americans. Yeah, you no know? shit. Like, like really, that yeah. like, so... And even when I went when when I went to college, I was I went to Georgetown, uh, Southwestern, right up the street. Oh, uh, Georgetown or Southwestern? Georgetown, Texas. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay, no, no, thought, not the Hoyas. No, okay, no. I thought you no, were no, like Georgetown, Georgetown, Texas, Hoyas, right up the street. Like, <laughs> I'm uh, like, bro, they, that's not one of the same. No, 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 no it's not. It's not. So uh, it, it's uh, it was a small college, like thirteen hundred kids, and my sister and I were the most international people on campus. And we walked around and everybody else, yeah, I'm Jason. Hi, I'm Dave. Hi, I'm Mike. Where are you from? Dallas, Houston. I'm like, y'all look the fucking same. Y'all have the same. Sh- I'm like, why do, why do you want to be like the, I, I knew like 50 Mikes <laughs> and 20 Jasons and yeah. I don't know how many Aaron's. I'm like, any, anything else? Like, what do you got? Yeah. And so I always sought out what, what, it, what I'm interested in people when I say I believe in people is that, okay, what, what's your story? It don't tell me, oh, yeah, well, you know, I did this and I grew up here. And, and like, it, it's, it's like go, going on vacation. Like, if, if you're on a, on a, on the, uh, on a cruise, right? If I ask you, how was it? Tell me about it. You're not going to recount the entire thing. There's going to be some highlights. But like, yeah, I had this experience. Right. Like nobody else did. Right. right? But me. And I'm, I'm going to tell you about that. Like, I want to know that. I don't care that you went on a cruise ship. You know, so... I, I think that people don't tap in their what makes them them uh, enough because they want to stick to oh you know I'm a I'm a liberal I'm I'm a Republican you know I'm a whatever camp whatever yeah, camp everyone's... is it's hot whatever camp you want to belong to and then whatever they say you 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 know uh, you abide by it but I'm like nah that doesn't make sense but what's weird and sorry is that America has always rewarded people for being, for standing out. There's a reason why there's an MVP, employee of the month, yeah. all those things, right? Valedictorian. Yeah. Mm, yep. Like, yeah, you succeed on your own, not on your own, but you recognize as an individual, but you better think like everybody else. Makes no fucking sense. It doesn't in a weird way, but I think it, the, this is the, the caveat being that society trains you to live the cookie cutter life that's cut out for you. And by doing that, you're just one of the same and you're just another cog in the machine. Yep. However, there are some people that break away from that mold and everyone can respect somebody that went through that because it's hard to break away from the mold. It takes a lot of effort. It takes a lot of discipline. It takes a lot of trial. It takes a lot of sacrifice. And most people can recognize that a lot of that, that the person that did that was able to do that and respect the fact that they were able to accomplish that, but most people don't believe that they could accomplish it themselves. So that's why we celebrate these people because they're like, whoa, that person, there's something else. I could never do that. But the yeah, thing you is, you can. Now, most people can all the time, but most people aren't. They don't have the discipline you necessary to do that. the things you can. That's the thing. You can learn how to do it and you can figure it out, but just most people... I think most people don't want to. Like a lot of people, we talk about freedom, right? This concept of freedom, everyone's free. I don't believe that most people want freedom. I really don't. Most people want someone not telling them what to do. 
but most people don't want unadulterated freedom. Have you ever given somebody the freedom to make their choices and just watch them like, well, what the fuck do we do now? I don't know going to do this. Yeah. I'm going to figure that. Like, there's most a reason why there's leaders. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> there they are because most people don't know how to make choices. They don't want to make decisions for themselves. They're not, a, they don't want that unadulterated freedom. They just want somebody telling them what to do that they agree with. And they're like, yeah, I, I agree with that. Something as simple as what are we doing this weekend? Like, what? okay, you're free. You can do whatever you want. Well, what are we doing? Well, uh, I, I, I don't, don't know. know. Right. What, 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 you, what you come up with a plan? So you want me to come up with a plan? I thought oh, you were I free. my plan. I thought you were yeah, Exactly. <laughs> I thought you were all free. The time. We can and do whatever I'm, we want. Bro, I'm like, what do you want to do? Well, I don't know. What I'm do like, I eat? I don't know. Right. I'm, I'm like, I'm taking all of August off. Um, I'm, I'm taking like a leave of absence from work and I'm going traveling. And like one of my plans fell through. And I've been thinking about this because I'm like, okay, one of my trips fell through. Now I have to figure out where I'm going to go with the rest of that time. And I'm like... I don't know. I'm going to cruise right, everything yeah. for you. Every, yeah, already done. Right. No decisions. That, that, that's the thing. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm not going on a cruise ship. I thought about it, but I wouldn't do it. But <laughs> I just, I wouldn't go on a cruise ship. I told myself I wouldn't go on a cruise ship until they invited me back to do it as comedy. So I could tell them to fuck you for firing me. That'd be my only time to go back. How'd you get fired in the first place? So on a cruise ship, they have a no drinking policy. Like their drinking policies. Like if you blow point oh four you're over the limit and you can get kicked off the ship for that. 0. 0.04. 0. 0.04. So like less than a beer, like or one beer or whatever. But they have bars. Not only do they have bars for crew members, they have multiple bars for just crew members that give you cheap ass drinks. Wait, crew member, what about, oh, on, then, like, the, if you're working. Yeah, if you're working. Okay, like, yeah. for, like Because they don't want crew members like hanging out with like the guests. On yeah, there. yeah, It's like yeah, a yeah. bad thing. So they have mem- three bars just for crew members. And then you can buy like alcohol at super discounted rates at all times. So mind you, but they have a strict no to- drinking tolerance policy. Mm-hmm. So like I was out at the bars one night and uh, I work with like a team of like sports staff. We were all kind of rowdy and there was this new girl on our team and we were kind of playing around or whatever. And she like threw a little water on me. So I like, I took a cup and like a lot of water and I threw it on her. But why go? What's up? Yeah. She was from like England or some shit. Whatever. Yeah, yes. Sure. And then like some girl behind her got wet from the water I threw on her. And then reported me to the on camp, the, the, the ship security and said I did all like I threw water on her. Automatically, I get reported. They bring me in and breathalyze me. I'm well over that limit. And it was a rat. Oh, yeah. So it was like that. Just like that. You know, it's crazy. I've never even I can't pick that girl that, that reported me out of a lineup. I have no idea who she is. Till this day, I still have. Oh, this is a Emma Till type shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. And like, the craziest part is, like a week, like a probably a couple weeks after I got fired, she ended up getting fired for just being a sack of shit. I'm just like, it's a cold world out there. <laughs> like you just you can't like make that cruise life, up. man. Yeah, that cruise life is a trip. I had a DJ one, uh, one cruise. I had to be the DJ on the ship at the club. So I was like, unzik, unzik DJ, because the DJ that came on board, he only came on the ship because he was talking to this girl, but he gets there and this girl's talking to this other guy and he gets super butthurt. And she's like, stop being a bitch. If you're just going to be so sensitive, why don't you just fucking leave? He's like, all right. And the DJ fucking leaves because this girl's hooking up with some other guy. And oh, then, wow. And then I ended up having to be a ship DJ for a week for a cruise. Like <laughs> Tell me you days. enjoyed that for a little bit. Bro, it was fun. Anytime I wanted people to leave, I would just play Purple Rain by Prince at the bar, and that would be my, like, end the night song. Oh, man. I thought you were about to drop some African joints on it. Bro, I'd be dropping some... I drop some African shit, some Akuna Male and shit, you know. That coffee with me day or some, some Dumbolo. Or... <laughs> some Dumbolo. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love Africa, though. I love African shit, man. I, ho- I hope you go back. I mean, I hope... You I'm know, trying to go back soon enough. I want to go back. So I when will. shit reopens, I mean, I can't wait. I can't one. I can't wait to take my son there. That would be a trip. 
Holy shit. My, yeah. my, my brother took his uh, daughter there when she was kid. Actually, they're about to go again, uh, like, uh, next week. And I'm like, yeah, that's some culture shock. Cause you don't want to go there and it's, oh, you, you're Oreo and you're just, you're a white kid or, yeah, oh, like, yeah you don't want that. Is, is your kid half white or is it full Yeah, he's half Arkansas, okay. half African. How's half? that for a mix? Oh, shit. Yeah. So I'm like, don't act Arkansas down here. None of this. Yeah, he's like, right. he, he went to, he went to a farm and, uh, I mean, he went to Arkansas last month with his mom and then like, look, Stay on the farm, all that good stuff, and I'm like, yeah, take you to Africa. It's similar, just more black folks. Yeah, that's, well, that's the thing. I think the one thing is that I kind of like I didn't spend a time around a lot of time around black people growing up after I left Africa because I grew up in the suburbs. And yeah, like, so same here. A lot of my like black people were African, which African culture is very different than American black culture. Very different. Yeah, so it's so different. So like I had a lot of African culture, but I didn't have American black culture. So it's like so then like people will say like dumbass shit like, Oh, you're whitewashed. I'm like, No, I'm just African. It's a very different culture. But you know you don't mix. What's up? Like I, I, I went to UT and African and African Americans don't even get along. Oh, we're we're so different because we're so different. It's just like we a have different... a history and they kinda don't. Yeah, well we, Yeah, they kinda yeah. I mean no. They they built their culture f- like from scratch, pretty much. Right, yeah. right. But there is such thing as African American culture, but they have to build it from scratch. We've had one for fucking centuries, if not millennia. Yeah, so it's like we are African. This is what we do. You know, this like is what we different. do. Yeah, this is like fufu and then yeah, <laughs> fufu na pondu na bisi nyoso. Oh, you speak it too? I speak Lingala. Oh, so sweet. Yeah. Do you speak any other languages? Yeah, I speak Wolof. You speak what? Do you speak French too or no? Yeah, fluently. That's why I speak. Yeah. Okay, because my French is rusty. Like it's super rusty. Like I understand French, but like, mais non, mon français c'est pas très bien parce que je n'ai pas parlé beaucoup. Oh, you speak like every African speaking yeah. French. Yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> je n'ai pas parlé beaucoup. Quand yeah. je parle français, je parle yeah, comme ça. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> mon dit que j'ai parlé français comme un sangue. But comment quoi? I don't know if it's an African word. Serge? No, sang, sangue? I think it's a word. It's a lingala. What does it like mean? A, it's like a... It's almost like you're speaking of almost like a priest. Like you're like speaking homo. Like you sound like a oh. kind of thing. Like no, but do you, do you have the, uh, the African speaking French accent? The way you just sounded just now. I do. Je have parle it. pas français, mais quand je parle français, no, je no, parle no, comme no. ça. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's the same. Like you put, you put an emphasis on shit that you don't need to. Like je parle comme ça. Comme si, comme ça. Yeah, right. right. yeah, that's fair. Yeah, but I, yeah, I, I mean, Senegal French is still the national, the official language of Senegal. It's still the official language of Congo. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. We were colonized by the Belgians, so the Belgians brought over the French, and then we became the Belgian Congo. So fuck them. Fuck yeah, the French. Fuck how, do yeah, fuck about, the French. how do you feel about the French like national team winning and like racism in French? Because my parents lived in France for a while and they were like, yeah, they're super fucking crazy racist. No, yeah, France. they are. They are. I yeah. mean, th- th- there is such thing because there is such thing as 100% French. Mm-hmm. And so growing up, there were cities where, so we had like an extreme right party, Jean-Marie Le Pen, maybe yeah. you heard of him. And then his daughter is now taking over the, her, his daughter took over the party, extreme right. Um, and at the time, like they had policies where in cities where the, the mayor would say, Hey, if you can prove that your kids are hundred percent French, we'll give you some money. Shit like that. So you know what the fuck with those cities, first wow. of all. But f- the thing about the French, the French are ultra conservative. They don't like change much. Yeah, they I really don't. They're, they're, they're so traditional. They like their ways. They like the way things are. They're never happy about shit. No, they're definitely not never happy. Never happy about anything. And 
uh, which is funny. Like right now, people are protesting in the streets because they don't want to take the vaccine. Right. They're protesting in the streets with thousands of other people because they don't want to take the vaccine. And they're not vaccinated. They're just never fucking happy. And so as far but what I like, the French French racism is more in your face. Yeah, like you know, when open, you, yeah. yeah, you know, you know not to fuck with certain people, certain cities, certain areas, certain uh, um, uh, neighborhoods. But here is subtle, which is more dangerous. Mm, the subtle racism, it'll get you. Yeah, it will. But over there, it's like, yeah, I just won't go to that town because the mayor is from that right wing extreme right party. Fuck that shit. Yeah, man. I mean, that's the way it goes, bro. I don't even. I don't know, man. Like. I don't try to find racism because racism will find you without you you having to go look for it. Like racism Yo, will find you. I but was. that's a but the French are notoriously bad, so I'm in no rush to go back to France. But my I, the town I grew up in, the small town, there was only three black families in the whole town. I was always the only black. So every time there was some some black kid did some shit in the, in the town, it was either me or the kid from the other black family from my, from my generation, yeah. right? And so. Uh, I remember my dad because we lived in a in a neighborhood, nice neighborhood, you know, big house. Our friends would come, my friends would come over, play, and all that stuff. I remember my dad sitting me down, going, "Do you think that if we didn't live in the house like the one we live in with a swing in the back, like that your friends would come here?" He asked me that. I was I was a little kid, and I'm like, "Yeah, I think I, I think they would." Meanwhile, there's this other black family, the third black family that lived like in an apartment down the street from us. And they only played amongst themselves. They rarely played with other, with other white kids. And so my dad be like, yeah, that's why your friends come here. Cause they don't, they don't play with those kids. They come here cause it's a house just like theirs, their backyard, like they have swearing, like they have all that stuff. Um, but I was lucky because the people that I, the, the, the people that I met that I was with at the time, like they're, they're my closest friends to this day. And I left 23 years ago. Damn. that's true. I still talk to them like every other day. Shit. That's what's up, man. But yo, we've done an hour and a half. Yeah, I need yeah, to yeah. wrap it up. Yeah. I'm about to wrap it up. I got to go pee so bad. Oh, uh, you want to drop your shit? Yeah, man. Uh, you can find me at the Ben Bo on Instagram. That's T H E E Ben Bo B O the Ben Bo on Instagram. Benbo on Facebook and check out the podcast. We got the Lonely Man's podcast. You do it by yourself? No, it's me and uh, two other guys from Boston. So other comics, we have guests on there. We got like a Patreon for all the crazy stories that Dude, we let tell. Let me get stuff. on that. I, I, I've been telling if you have a comedy podcast, you should like be on each other's show. Yeah, man. I mean, yeah. So yeah, so come on the podcast. We'll hang out and stuff. It's just uh, so yeah. So check it out. Lonely Man's on Spotify, YouTube, all of the podcast stuff, and we got a Patreon as well. So at the Benbo on Instagram and at the lonely man do you have a dope shit what was that a dope shit to share oh uh dope shit to a, share a book a website uh something dope that you think people should know about could be a tv show could be uh um i mean i guess i'm a big fan of uh i'm secretly a big fan of anime so i feel like oh me should, too I, I grew up since i was yeah, two years old everyone should watch some anime avatar the last airbender is the greatest tv show oh on. we're gonna have to argue about that later all right that's that's my dope shit Avatar is your dope shit? Nah, yeah, I'm just going with it. My pops liked it, so that's the only show that I I've, tried. Man, it's it's hard. That's the only show my pops have ever went back and watched by himself that he cared about. So I still hold it down, and I will take All that right, to the ground. So be it. Avatar and, and I will die on the hill that 
Ben and Jerry's tonight dough is the best ice cream flavor of all time. <laughs> I will die on that hill, and if you got a problem, come see me. Ben and Jerry's tonight dough, best ice cream of all time. That's that's my dope shit. If you're gonna eat ice cream, make it tonight dough, or f- go fuck yourself. <laughs> and on that I don't note, think I've a, a dope shit. I, I, I plugged another one before, but anyway, uh, check out the feedback. Make sure you follow us. I mean, me really. Everyone on social media, BAK, Instagram, all that good stuff. Go to the archives, Ben. Thank you for coming, man. Hey, man thank I really you for appreciate having me, it. Bro. That was fun. Appreciate you. We'll talk to you next time. Ciao, ciao. Peace.